Welcome back to the Black Belter Podcast. You're listening to episode 45. Today's guest is Ryan Sheehan. Ryan is one of Ireland's top Muay Thai fighters fighting out of Siam Warriors in Cork. He is a WBC international champion, a WKA world champion, and an ISCA European and Irish champion. Ryan has fought some of the biggest names in the sport, like Tenshin Asukawa, who's probably most known for his exhibition boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. Today I chat to Ryan about some of his fights, taking a break from the sport and what reignited the desire to come back. We talk about dealing with cuts in the ring, weight cuts and more. As usual, make sure to like, share, comment and review on whatever platform you listen on and hope you enjoy. Alright, so what's up Ryan, how are you? Not too bad, you? All good, all good. Thanks a million for coming on, I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, but uh, you were saying you're looking, you're looking at the fight, when, when do you think you might get a fight in? Hopefully October maybe, but it's hard because going a lot of be it's a lot of local lads going to be fighting, so it's going to be hard to get fights overseas for me. You, you going to plan on fighting this year? Uh, at the moment, I don't think anything like international level, but we're meant to have the the Irish national championships in November. Um, personally, I don't. I'm not too sure it'll go ahead, but hopefully it will, and we'll get to have some form of competition. We just have, yeah, because it's hard. To, train for something when there's no there's no competitive nature to it like you have to, like we're we compete a lot so we need something to be able to compete for like, yeah that's it like i like we were meant to have the european championships back in april and when it was kind of when it was first cancelled it was just like i didn't want to train at all like i know some people were kind of flat out yeah. i actually yeah some people were flat out like continue training as if it was you know because I suppose no being connection. Yeah. I fought in March um, and then the week later everything went into motion like everything I fought on the eighth of March and then like the fourteenth of March. Pretty much every event was called off concert was called off so Yeah, I, I I fought the, uh, I fought on this. I was in London on the the Saturday, uh, so I got a competition there. I got a few f- fights in there, and then it was on the Thursday. Everything got everything got closed down pretty much. Yeah, same here. Yeah, uh, it really was a shock as well because I just came off the, like my last fight was for WBC international title, so I was just after winning that, and I was ready to get the ball rolling straight away again. I came out of that fight injury free i was meant to f- defend my european title in spain in april as well so that got called off but i was ready to like let loose like yeah and especially it's always the same after competition isn't it like or after a fight like that's when that's when you're most amped for the next one like you're just mad to go even if you or lose i think you have to uh, you have to be willing to take losses too so like even after every loss, they've always been the same. I've always wanted to just get back in and just. Yeah, because you have the things like you do want to work on. Like you just want to put it right first. Like if you if you've lost, you just want to put it right straight away. Yeah, because you only got a short period of time to do this fighting stuff as well, don't you? Because. Not everyone gets to do it for the rest of their lives. You only get probably a good twenty years, and it's all. You might as well make the most of it while you can. Yeah, 
Uh, how, how did you get started? Like, when did you start? Were you, were you young? Were you in your teens? Or? Um, yeah, I was I was kind of a late, I was late into my teens, really, before I started fighting. Um, I was always into soccer and, yeah, kind of growing up. So, I kind of stopped, I, got, I lost interest in football when I was about 14, maybe. Um, I wasn't really going anywhere with it, I was kind of just doing it because every young fella was playing soccer, like, so it was kind of just a normal thing, it was a hobby. And then a couple of the lads from school were just going tie boxing for a couple of weeks. So I just, I just, I tied along with them. And they stayed at it then for, for about two months after. And then I stayed on, I kind of, I got addicted to, I got the enjoyment out of, I don't know, just being able to like hit stuff and stuff like that, you know, being able to take aggression on pads and spare and stuff. So, Kind of addicted to that part of it, and then it was about nine months before I started actually being interested in fighting, though, because I was never actually one for I never really knew anything about fighting. I didn't know there. I didn't think there was like titles. I thought boxing was the only kind of fighting form, really. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose as well. Like you're, you're kind of brought up, I suppose, as a kid, nearly you know, fighting is bad, kind of a thing, and then you kind of get into it. And you go, actually, when you when you stick some rules and that onto it, it's actually, it does a buzz to it. <laughs> that, yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people you kind of meet that are involved with fighting and who you get to know are kind of friendly and like every are normal people. So you just go on about their business. Like fighting for us is kind of um therapy for us, I suppose you'd call it. It's kind of our escape. Mm-hmm. Or escape out of bad stuff, really, for us. You probably experienced too. Like, you, how long have you been fighting? Oh, I started Taekwondo when I was seven. So, um, ah, Jesus. So, yeah, a lot, long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how, how old are you now? 25. So, I'm, so I'm pushing up to the 20 so year mark. been pretty much. Jesus, man, that's some going for a player. Jesus. <laughs> that's crazy. 20 years nearly. Like, that's solid. That's. It's hard work. That's a lot of dedication too. Like if you think about it, over the years, the sacrifices and stuff, you pretty like you basically only know fighting. So yeah, like I started, I started, to, I started kind of on the Irish national team. So I started kind of going to international competitions when I was fifteen. So I'm about ten years at that. So that's that's, that's, a, that's a long going as well. Um, I started off when I was like so I was fifteen when I started, it and I was the oldest senior male on the team this time because we've had so much changeovers. Like you went from being the kid to being the oldest, and it goes quick. <laughs> like you yeah. said, yeah. Like you, before you know it, you're the kid in the game. Like you're, one moment you're the kid in the game, and the next you're a veteran. Before you know it, yeah. That's the thing. I in the gym I'm at now. I'm in the same gym. I'm I'm training Sign Warriors like since I started with Matt Horgan and the lads. And over the years, I was I was the 15 year old who walked into the gym, who never knew anything about fighting, and now I'm kind of. I'm, there's a lot of lads who are my age and I have like wealth of experience in them but that's because I trained with like some of the veterans at, when I was a young fella you know when I was younger I trained with like Willie Murphy Darren Cashmans and they're the to me they're like the older generation of fighters for us so like seeing the, how it evolved for me being the kid with them to know being one of the senior fighters in the gym you know that's it's mad. It's a mad transaction. Yeah. And you don't notice it when it's happening, do you? You just kind of have to stop one day and realise, where did everybody else go? Where did all the older guys go? 
yeah, I like I'm 23 now, like, and there's nobody left really. There's like a handful of us from the old, like from when I first started. You know, it's it's good though because everyone's close still, even though they don't train. Everybody stays in touch as well. Yeah. Oh, we'd be fairly similar, like even just in the club, like like the people who would have there been there when I started, they're not really there, but like they might pop in now and again for a session and like that. You'd still be close to them and all, but just they're just not in the sport yeah. as much anymore. That's it, but like you, they'd be the ones to reach out to you all the time and stuff as well. You know, you'd you'd hear from them a lot. Like they're always the ones who they're the ones who really know you, like especially because they're older and they see you growing up as a kid. So it's like they have that kind of. They disrespect you a little bit as well for sticking up with them, I suppose, you know. It goes both ways, like. Yeah. That comes from punching each other in the nose. <laughs> uh, I met, like, one of my experiences, I was fighting in, I was uh, I was training for a fight and I was spar- I was sparring with Murphy and, like, he's, he's like my older brother, like, and he kicked me in the face, like, and it was probably one of the worst kicks in the face sparring, but afterwards, like, I, we were laughing and joking about it. It's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. You get him the next day, and then it's all it's all it's yeah. all even. Like <laughs> that's it. Like it goes both ways, as they said. But um, it's good to be able to see that. Like, cause hopefully, then hopefully in a couple of years, then we're in their position as well for the younger, the upcoming fighters too. We can set an example and guide. That's the way it is as well. Like, be able to guide the younger fighters coming up and show them, show them the right way to do it, and just show them how it, what it takes to get to the top. I suppose. Yeah, and hopefully, then you might hopefully they'll actually pass you out it's kind of I suppose what you're hoping for as well to someday you know it's yeah that's well that's what you'd want really isn't it you'd want someone to be the best like it's you want someone to reach their full potential like you know that's the way it should be yeah did you have many amateur fights then or were you did you go straight were you into pro fairly fast um I I, I went like in a uh, tie box and there's a uh, there's like grades as well there's an um, amateur which would be shin pads and stuff and then you would have C class where it's just bear shin which is our standard fighting like and then you'd have b class would be more uh you'll be low knee in the head and then you have full-time rules which is um elbows knees in the head pretty much what they do in thailand so i started i started off as an amateur fight in, in shin pads i maybe done about 15 amateur fights maybe 20 maybe something like that as a junior from, from the age of about 15 to 16 i probably racked up about 15 fights amateur fights and i was fighting competitive like i was fighting decent european level my first fight was against um adam haslam he was a european champion it was my first fight like and i lost on a split decision i went on a 10 fight win streak then i fought some really good juniors like coming up who are still fighting to this day who have gone on to do some big things as well but i started fighting a class when i was 17 it's not really hard of like it doesn't really happen all the time in ireland so I won an Irish title at 17. I'm probably one of the youngest champions, maybe. But like that, I just kind of walked my way up. Then I, I've now got over 28 class, 20 pro fights, yeah. I have 40 fights, so I think I'm over 20 pro, pro fights now. Yeah, serious going, really. So like you said, a lot of short, a lot of fights in a short space of time. Yeah, I was at the start, I was racking up maybe 10 fights a year. Then it was probably like seven fights, six fights a year. Like... Then you have injuries and stuff like that as well. And I took a year off from fighting as well. Um, it was a good decision. Um, but like that, I, it's a year I can't get back from fighting. So I just have to make up for it. No, so I plan on, like, if I can do three to four fights every year, 
even more like it depends on like that injuries and getting cut open and stuff because I've been sliced open a few times in fights and you have to wait for him to heal as well because you can't be risking it straight away afterwards, you know. Yeah. What kind of what, what, what made you take a year off? Uh just some personal stuff really. I was after doing kind of a lot of fighting as well. I Jesus, I was probably I think it was like my thirty fourth fight or something like that, and I was like twenty. So I was really young. I was at the, I was at the fighting um a Thai legend, uh Tippy or Sipmanchai, Mr. Knock he's known as he's a hundred and one knockouts like and it doesn't really happen in Ireland, uh Irish fellas fighting, you know, the toys the way like it'd be like an American coming over here playing gap. It's like basically fighting the toys is like the elite levels, you know, so I took to fight against him and it was a draw. I was sad done, but I think I think I done enough to win. Um, but like even just to go that five rounds with someone of that magnitude and that level and that experience, because he's known for knocking guys out. And I've seen him coming up. Like I when I used to have to like he was a name that like always stood out. Like you know, he was a first name in the, in Thailand. Like so, to fight him was a big achievement for me at twenty. So then after that. I was very sore, like my body was in bits for a month after because it was the toughest fight I had. And I kind of took the foot off the gas, I got a bit lazy, and then just stuff happening. Like, you know, my grandfather died, and that kind of took a knock on me. And then my friend died, and then I wasn't really in the right headspace. So I didn't want to be committing to fighting and not being fully myself. So I didn't want to risk it. So I took a year off. And when I came back, then I was actually hungry. I wanted to come back for the point, like, so it was actually probably it benefited me. No. Yeah, like that sometimes. Yeah, I suppose like you get so you get so caught up in fighting that like you forget about life outside of it as well to some degree, and you kind of have to go back and maybe focus on those type of things for a bit of time and take some time away from the sport. Yeah, you have to uh, like that. You're young as well, and. I work full time as well, like so. Like fighting, fighting's always been number one. Like, as I get older, like it's hard to balance a life, fighting and work. So like, I have to more than you know, prior. So I have to be about it now. As I get as I get older, I have to be like about my decisions. Yeah. That's mad, like, like, the, like you were saying, that the, the Thai fella, like, with 101 fights, like, they're, they're next level, aren't they, in terms of the, the amount of fights they rack up? Yeah, like, I think that was only, like, 101 knockouts. Yeah. Like, most fellas don't even get 100 fights. He have 101 knockouts, like, and fighting him was, like, it'd be like winning the World Cup if I beat him, you know, because you don't really see foreigners beating toys and so on at that level. I even got win over amazing, but the draw the draw was good. Now I just want to keep proving myself like after that. Like, I want to get the fight toys and I just fought another toy he fights regularly like active in Thailand like and he's known for knocking guys out as well. I stopped it. I knocked him out in the second round back in March to claim the WBC title like so that's another that's another goal ticked off the list, you know, fighting like I I want a prestigious belt against an elite level fighter. That's something that you need to make sure you do as well. 
you know, I didn't want to just, you don't just want to be the nobody's field, but see the sort of be someone who has, who has a tobacco, like is a big thing for me. Yeah. Have you been to, have you been to train or fight in Thailand? No, never, never. Uh, I've just always done my fighting over the side of the world, really. I've traveled out to like Japan and I fought and um, your attention. Yeah. Yeah. Got your yeah. He's known for fighting tension. Mayweather, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's known for fighting Mayweather, or I'm known for fighting him, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fun, but, um, I fought tension, that just shows, like, I knew how big tension was, and I was after fighting in Scotland two weeks before that, and I was banged up, like, going into the tension fight, but that wasn't taken away from tension's ability, like, he's, that kid is fire. <laughs> yeah. Is he about, are you, would you, he be about the same age as you? Because he's fairly young as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably younger than me, but maybe. Like, he's probably only 20, 21, maybe. Um, he's like, he's a superstar in Japan. Like He's knocking guys out like, all the time. He's like, he'll be the next superstar. From, like, he'll be a legend in Japan like, in the future, you know? Yeah. Especially now that he's at one. And, like, he... And I think fighting Mayweather kind of did him a favour as well. Like, obviously, that helped him in the bank and stuff. Like, you know, Jesus. And that boosted him up. Like, that gives him a big, that gives him a, like, a big advantage as well. Like, and on his, he can kind of demand what he wants, really, because if he's after fighting someone like that, that's a big fight. Like, fighting Mayweather, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, like, would you like to go out and fight in the, the stadiums in Thailand? And um, yeah, eventually I do plan on going over some stage and fight at fighting a couple of the stadiums. I'd like to, I'd like to try everything. You know, I want to try and with all like, win the big fights and then at least get one big fight in Thailand and just to be able to say I've done every aspect of the sport. You know, so yeah. eventually I will. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to. I had Craig Coakley was on the podcast and he was saying like his goal is to fight for one championship. Would you kind of look to do something similar? Yeah, well, one championship. I think everybody was kind of looking for one championship. Like, because uh, for strikers, that's the equivalent of UFC. You know, that's that's the home. That's the home for Thai boxing on that platform. So that's, that's something I want to aim for anyway. Hopefully... I can get that chance because there's a couple of fighters in one championship already who I have fought in the past. So that's like Ilyas Mohammedi. He is signed to one. I fought him a couple of years back. Uh, Darren Rowland is actually number three or four in one championship rankings. I just fought him last year. He got signed to one after me. So hopefully if I just keep doing the right fight and just keep uh, keep my head down and get, get the opportunity I'll take. Like. Yeah. So like you said, it's the UFC. That's where the big money is for, for Thai boxing and, and that type of stuff. Well, yeah. But like everyone says like money, but realistically, I actually just love fighting because when I started fighting, you never get paid for it. Kind of getting paid is only a bonus. So like the true the bonus, I actually just love fighting. Like the whole, I just love getting into scraps and the adrenaline rush of being like, slicing people up and then getting caught and the crowd cheering on that's actually what the real passion is the fighting pair the money is just a bonus the money is kind of like bonus actually that's all it is for me it's just a bonus 
yeah where, where would you say has been the best atmosphere that you fought like what what, what fight kind of stands out and got like that that was the best one Neptune Stadium is always the best atmosphere um, have you ever been to a show Neptune I haven't been to a, a fight night show no but uh, like we've had taekwondo oh, competitions man. there all the time it's like yeah, I've, I've been there I know they're kind of yeah. it's, a, it's a small enclosed area like The Thai boxing shows, like especially Neptune Stadium. Neptune Stadium is the biggest show in the country. Matt Horgan promotes them. He does the big fights and he puts on the big shows. And the atmosphere of them is electric. Like the crowd goes wild and they respect the sport as well. It's not like just a lot of drunken people showing up making noise. Like people actually, people the people of Cork actually are interested in Thai boxing. You know, so that's a it's a big part as well. A lot of a lot of a lot of local fighters get a lot of sport. So. Metro Stadium is the favorite place to fight. Yeah, for me, but I fought all over the world. Like I fought in Iraq um, a couple of years back in Baghdad. Uh, there was like forty-eight thousand people at the show, I think, or something like that. Like that's a massive crowd. It was in the National Soccer um, Stadium as well. So and it was outdoors. It was crazy. That was probably one of my made biggest experiences as well fighting over there. Yeah. Hey, it takes on a crazy, yeah. takes on a crazy journey, doesn't it? You definitely didn't think of that well, when you when you walked into the gym at fifteen. You didn't think that's where you'd end up, like. No, no, it it's when you look back at it now, it doesn't even feel like it happened that long ago. Like it feels like it's only yesterday I walked into the gym because like I don't really feel the years going by as as no like, but like that I never would have thought of it like when I started. Like I never would have thought I would have been like a world champion. Like, you know, you never think of these things until you actually do it. And it's amazing to, to look back and think of it, though. Yeah. Like you say, have, have injuries been have been something that's affected you much? Because I know after one of your fights, you had a, right, so you had a kind of bad cut on your nose from a knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was lucky enough not to break my nose in that fight. Uh, I took a massive, that was Darren Roll, and that was the fight against Darren Roll. And that was my first fight back after a year old as well. Uh, stupid mistake like I took a knee in the first round and gave me eight stitches across my nose put a hole it actually put a hole in my nose um, but I didn't break it but that was bad it took me about three months to recover but then I fought Jay Council straight away after that like and he gave me another massive cut on my eyebrow like 12 stitches or something like that and then my fight after that I got another eight stitches in my face like so it's crazy to be getting that many stitches in the year early. So that's why we used to pick the smart fights too. Yeah. And or it's not just not quite mad. And it's just sort of, do, do you feel because a cuts isn't really something like in Taekwondo that we would be a thing like but would would you feel the cuts then like that like would you feel them or would you just keep going like is it just something the adrenaline just keeps you going through? The adrenaline will keep you going. I I suppose you you know you get caught you see the blood but for me it kind of gives me it gives me a second wind if you caught me i'm bringing everything you know that's everybody knows like it was good every happens I bring it like I bring the I bring everything when I get cut like so that's why that's why I bring the entertainment for the fight like but you don't think of it at the moment though because your the adrenaline kind of kicks in and you're flowing but like it depends on how big the cut is well like but 
I just get on with it. Like. Yeah. As I suppose, it, if it's not going into the eye, I suppose it's nearly easier to forget about it because you don't have to be wiping the blood out of it and, and the likes. Yeah. I've, um, well, I've been in a couple of fights, all right, like I've been caught by the eye and it has taken the vision away a bit, like, but you just have to get on with it, really, because uh, you'll kick yourself if you quit. Afterward, you'll, you'll, you'll beat yourself more if you quit than losing. So you'd, there's no point giving up over cutting unless you have to, unless the doctor or the ref or your team decide. But if you're able to, if you feel like you're able to continue, I think you should continue, like, you know? Yeah. Well, like the, do fights get stopped often with cuts then in Thai boxing? Like, is it especially, because like it happens so often, like, I don't like, so it's just part and parcel. Um, it doesn't, fights don't get stopped really unless, like that, unless it's like blocking the vision of someone or it, the blood is going into the eye too much. Or the hole is too big, but it's I suppose Thai boxing is known for cuts, so that's why it's, it happens. And the refs leave it go so long and they leave the fights go on if there's a cut because we're trained to work around it as well. We're able to fight, we're able to adapt to being cut. Like if if I'm getting cut, like you might be able to go in and clinch up for the whole fight without even getting marked again, you know. So like that's why that's why refs might leave it go on. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there's some tactics that you can you can play around with it. So yeah. So like when, when the WBC title was that something you were pushing for, like or that was a kind of just an opportunity came around that you had the chance to fight, or where you kind of really put was that something like you were looking to move up their ranks and push for the title? Um, I got ranked in the WBC on the world on the world rankings when I was like eighteen, nineteen. At number seventeen, I went in at number seventeen. I just kind of climbed my way all the way up. The highest I went before now was 12. That was the highest I got in the rankings, uh, was number 12. But Because in my division, there's a lot of ties. There's like one to... At the moment, though, I'm ranked number 10 in the world. So, like, number one to nine is all ties, and then it's me, and then there's two ties underneath me. So I'm in the mix of the top 12 all ties so and then it's all the Europeans underneath me and Westerners but like there's some really good names in that division like regardless of positioning so you get the opportunity you have to take it and the WBC thought it was alright I was like I was I deserved the shot maybe like so I kind of fought everybody I've been asked as well I've never ever turned down a fight ever so I think that's kind of goes a long way as well if someone asked, if Martin asked me to, oh, I've got this with you. What is it? But, um, but yeah, Jazz, like, so that's kind of, it's the WBC, what's it like for them? Like, because obviously they're a big promotion in terms of boxing and a professional organization in boxing. Like, so, like, are they professional in, in, in Thai boxing then as well? Yeah, it's, it's the same, it's the same government body, I suppose. It's the same organization like it's the same people probably run it obviously there's the Thai boxing side and the boxing side of obviously a different sports so there's different aspects of stuff but like it's the same thing as it's, it's uh, every belt is prestige and um, every champion former champion like is legit you know they're they're the only belt that really outside of thailand and one championship that at, like are renowned as the best you know, like having a WBC title or have, like 
holding a WBC title is something every fighter should try and get because it's the main belt, you know. That's actually what it is, the main belt to hold and it doesn't happen often. Not every fighter gets the chance either, so you have to, if you get the chance, you have to really give it your all. Yeah. So then what's the, what's the kind of set up then situation with defending the belt? Is it kind of like boxing where you get a mandatory or then a, a voluntary or like what, how, is, how does it go about um, you defending the belt? It's, it's, it, um, you have to defend it, I suppose. Like I'm not, a, I'm, I'm defended any, against anybody, I'm not worried about defending it. Like that's what you have to do. That's part of the game. I just have to wait for WBC to make them calls, you know, I don't, I wouldn't be going out of my way, like, unless WBC made the choice, like, it's up to WBC, if they want me to defend the belt, like, I'll be ready to, to defend the belt, like, that's the way it works. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever wants it can come try and take it out, you know, I suppose. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of ties queuing up for it. That's, 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 my, that's my attitude, like, that's my, that, but that's my attitude, like, so, I want to keep it. I've, I've got a world title, and I've got a European title, I've defended them and I like I'm not worried about defending belts like they're if you want to be the best you have to fight the best and prove yourself like that's all that matters yeah like you mentioned already like you, you work full time and how do you find balancing working with, with, with training uh it's tough I'm not going to lie and say here like oh it's easy it's it is tough there's days like in work where work is really busy and especially if you don't get enough sleep and you, you don't get eat eat your food and stuff during the day, like you're going to not be in the greatest moods going training and stuff. So it's hard to like train and fight full time all the time, you know? So it's like, if I know I have to, like, if I know I'm fighting, I'll, I put my head like my everyone will tell you, like, and I really get stuck in. I do a two months, three months training, but I have to know when I'm fighting so that I can be in the gym. Because work is hard. So like, if I'm working and just training all the time, like, I'm, I'm burnt out. My body's in bits. So that's when I'm fight, when when I'm fighting. I give it everything. I give it a solid, solid training. Like, but I do run a lot, like on my own. I always run. I might not always be doing Thai boxing, but I always run. Running is my running is my comfort zone. You know, I feel my best when I'm running. I do a lot of running on my own, like so. That's my that's my part of me that I like to do. Keep running. And when I have to fight then, I give everything to fighting, you know, in the gym. So that's the way it is. It gets hard as you get older too. I suppose do you work as well. So like, how do you feel it like? Uh, I teach, I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I teach Taekwondo and that. So it's kind of, I can teach some classes uh, and, it, and then train after. It's kind of, it, it, it works, I suppose. But um, yeah, I can I imagine. That's cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, Thai boxing in this country doesn't have that, we don't have them opportunities. Like it's, because like that Thai boxing isn't even that big in in Ireland, for the, like to be a full time trainer and do PTs and stuff. We don't have the uh, we don't have the the public, you know, for that. Yeah, it's hard. I suppose, like that's the thing as well. I think it's one thing I suppose about with Taekwondo. It's 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 kid friendly. I suppose to some degree, like it's hard to get you know six seven year olds coming in and like your, I suppose parents don't really want to be like this at all because it can look. I suppose violent, like I said, the cuts, yeah. the elbows, the knees, and um, yeah, I don't know. Do, do parents want to send their kids at six, seven into that? I don't know. Like, like they could be fine. You know what I mean? It's just like a a, a perception how it's perceived. I think maybe. Yeah, it's just an image. Like it's it's because they see the blood and the violence. People might not not everybody thinks it's everybody thinks as well. Toy boxes are like big tough guys, and 
we're not really like we're just friendly people like this that's the way it is but i can get what you're saying about parents saying like they might not want their kids going inside boxing because it might be too full on and they might want to do tap on door because like it's still a form of martial arts like it still has its own disciplines and stuff but like that it might be more kid friendly yeah I think like even that, like there's some some parents are looking to send their kids to jiu-jitsu and not taekwondo. It's I think because even that could be seen as you're not punching people in the nose. It's just I think perception to some martial arts, like you know, even though they're all kind of promoting some with the same qualities, I suppose. Just we all, you know, we all kind of follow the same guidelines, though. Really, like we all respect everyone. We kind of every like everybody in the gym is there for the same reason. So that's why I think everything, I think that's why everyone works so well in the gym. I think that's why gyms are so good because everybody that's in the gym is there for the same reason. Yeah. And like, what what does your employer think then when you turn up with uh, with these eight stitches across your nose, with the stitches across the eyebrow, what does your employer think? Um, they laugh at me, to be honest. <laughs> my bosses think I'm off my game going in doing these fights and stuff. Like, I've been working there though. I've been working there the last five years, so they know the whole, they've known me since I'm 17, like, so they've seen me fighting all these big fights as well. So they've kind of, they're, they're cool. And they, they go, they do enough for me as well when I come up to fights, like, you know, time off and stuff like that. So I, it's grand, like. Yeah, so it's good they know the score, like, they're not, they're not, you're not turning up one day. Every so often you just turn up with these stitches and they're like, like, were you scrapping it out to yeah. the nightclub? It's like, do you know what I mean? Is that kind of look? <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, like a lot of them, like if I'm fighting in Cork as well, like some people in work will go out to the fight and stuff like that as well. So like it's everyone kind of gets the gist of it. Like they'll see me walking around work like limping and busted up, like and they'll slag me over, like but they're supporting me too, you know. That's the thing. It's like I know you said you you're, you always like to keep running, but like if you are preparing for a fight, what does a what was your training schedule then look like? Like how many? Toy sessions, would you get in? Strength and condition sessions, your running sessions, how, what, what would it look like? Um, if I'm training for a fight, I kind of run in the morning times and in the evening time. Uh, I run before, I do a small run before work, small run after work, which uh, it helps because like, I do like maybe a half an hour run in the mornings and like a half an hour run in the evening. So like, it's an hour run in a day and then an hour and a half in the gym. I don't really do a whole lot of strength and conditioning. I um I do a lot of explosive training though, you know, uh hill sprints and stuff like that. And then I'd be I do long sessions on pads, like I do maybe a twenty minute pad, like straight through pads, like I wouldn't take a break. I took probably do like a fifteen minute, take a break, then do another ten minute break, like and then another break. That's the way I do it. Like I do long pad sessions and stuff. I train every day though if I'm fighting training for a fight. Like I train six, seven days and stuff like I do actually tie boxing every day then like yeah and how, how many times a week would you what do you think you'd spare uh that's like that's just up to the body like if your body is able to do it three or four times a week you do it but like if you have a knock on your shin or something like that you're not going to go sparing like, so that just depends on your injuries as well but like if I'm not injured we're sparing three times a week we're clinching we do a couple of clinches during the week and like I'm lucky enough, there's a couple of lads in the gym. My weight, so like it's competitive. Like and Aaron McGahey and Finn Keaton are like, two of the closest lads to me in my weight class, and I train with them. Like and they really, they both of them push me like every session, like, and I can't wait to see them like come up as well. Like so, 
so that three of us can take over and make a name for ourselves. <laughs> so do you do you cut much weight then or anything, or would you be kind of sit fairly on weight? I got the hang of it after about 30 fights, I'd say. <laughs> uh, I stay about maybe most four kilos overweight. Like now I'm only, I'm nearly enough on fight weight. My diet's kind of good enough all the time around. I eat well enough. Like, um, so I kind of stay like three, four kilos off fight weight. Come up to a fight and I'm nearly always on weight. Like I never struggle anymore. Like. Yeah, so you, you, would you have to water load or use the like, sauna or anything like that or do you just diet down or? Um, I have had to use a sauna for a long time. I just kind of do a diet. I, I suppose you get to know your own body after a while and stuff like um I just kind of diet. It's all diet like in a bit. I just keep hydrated and stuff. I just do it gradually. Like I drop maybe like a kilo session or like a kilo every day or something. You know, I wouldn't do like three, four kilos in like one or two days. I do it over the course of the week. Where I'm still able to eat, and then I can not have to worry about cutting it, you know. Yeah, and it would would it nearly always be? <laughs> would it nearly always be then like weigh in the day before you fight, or have you had fights where you've had to weigh in and fight the same day? Um, not as much as back in when you're an amateur, and when you're a junior, you know. I've always kind of done the day the day before weigh-ins. It helps. Yeah. I don't know what way you do it. Do you do the day weigh-ins or off the uh, day before? Uh, in Ireland, it would be the like you'd weigh in in the morning, you'd fight the afternoon. Easy. When you're abroad, if you were to go to European or World Championships, you'd weigh in on maybe a Wednesday and you'll fight on Saturday. So <laughs> you have a couple of days. <laughs> Just because like there's other events, like you have the more traditional event, like it's a traditional martial arts, you have like the stuff like, like forms or katas, we, we call them patterns. You have other stuff like, so that kind of goes on, that can go on the first couple, one or two days of competition. Like the senior men will fight, tends to be on the Saturday. So like that's why everybody weighs in on the one day, but by the time you actually get to compete, it tends to be a Saturday for us. So uh, you get a quite a few days of recovering, yeah. so... That's uh, that's cool. It, it's, I wouldn't mind that. That that that, that would help actually. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it kind of tends like so like it helped, like you would see some guys, especially I suppose on the Irish team, we we cut quite a bit of weight because you can get away with it because you have like a couple of days to recover. Like I wouldn't cut as much weight as I do if it was you're going to fight in a couple of hours or you're going to fight just tomorrow. But when you've got three or four days to recover, it's you're golden. Like. Yeah, Jesus, you're back to your your full potential then at that stage, really. Like you've got your sleep back together or your hydrated and you're well fed. So like three days is pretty much if you're not ready within three days or something wrong, like <laughs> that's it, like yeah, and because I find sometimes the day before the like the night before the weighing, you tend to not like if you've cut a bit of weight, you don't really sleep, you have dry mouth and stuff and like the, the yeah. next night you're only kind of catching up on that sleep so like you're not fully rested you know what i mean so like that's why if you were to fight that day so like when you have like the next couple of days it's like you're really you're getting fully rested and that like you know yeah and the day of the weigh-in as well like if you if you weigh in the day before you, you're always kind of like too excited to like rest like if i the day of the weigh-in like i'm always like i go shopping or like I have to do something like I can't just sit at home and think about the fight. So I have to like go to the cinema or I have to go out eating or I have to keep myself occupied there for the way in. Like, yeah. So like you're not getting that you're, you're kind of burning more energy, but it's hard to sit at home and think about the fight too. 
Yeah, because kind of that last thing, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, like if you've both made weight, you know, right, well, it's definitely on, it's on, it's tomorrow. So there's that kind of thing, like, yeah. like that. You, you start, like, you nearly want to go then, like, you know, so you have to pull it, like you said, you like to occupy your mind and pull, pull yourself back a bit. I hate the, I hate five minutes before the fight. That's the worst part of the whole process. The, like five minutes before the fight, that's the, the worst process. That's the worst part of the whole training camp for me. That five minutes before you have to go into the ring. That's the hardest part for me. <laughs> yeah, you just start having... I impact. get so nervous. <laughs> Do you start I have to like, be in a room. I have to like, tell my friend. I used to tell everyone, like, I need a minute to be on my own. Like, I need to be on my own there for a few minutes. Like, I have to stand in a room on my own like, to try and like, comprehend everything. <laughs> yeah. Do you start out and then like you start having a conversation of why did why did I sign up for this? Like I could be doing I don't have to be, I, I could be sitting in the crowd if I really decided, but then you, you get in there and then it's kind of like, well, I'm here now, I suppose, so I better better crack on. Yeah, that happened, um that actually happened in my last fight. Uh I was fighting the I was fighting the tie. And I was up in the dress room with Aaron McGahy like five minutes before the fight, and I was like, What am I doing? Like I was like, I'm fighting the tie. We could have fought anybody else, Aaron. We picked the tie. And he all he kept saying to me was like, You're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay, you trained hard for it, like you trained hard for it. And Aaron and me kind of went over a lot of drills coming up to the fight, like you know, like maybe the closer to the fight, like maybe two weeks out from the fight, we started going over little techniques and just movements and stuff like that. And he can tell you this, like we actually practiced that. that move we drilled perfect it was like so right after the fight we were like we practiced it for ages that combination like that that whole movement we practiced and i executed it that day like it was like my timing was on but it was only for him being like you can do it like you you have it like five minutes before that like he was the he believed in me like he was like telling me in my ear like you have it you have it like so walking out to the fight i was like all right i can do it five minutes before that i was like nah I can't do this, like, this is, what am I doing? Like, I'm doing the wrong thing here. Like, I doubt myself for five minutes. It's part of the process, but it's good. Nerves are good, though. Yeah. I think I like it. I just, I try to remind myself that everybody's breaking it. You know, everybody, like, everybody's shitting it. Yeah. It's like, and, and the best people then it's how you deal with it. And it's like, anybody who tells you they don't get nervous before a fight is lying. Yeah. Lying. Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. I don't care, like, there's always, like, there's a big crowd, there's always a chance you might get knocked out, like, you know, you don't, like, you're always thinking of the negative things as well, too, like, so, you have to, like, block them out when you're actually in the ring. Yeah. Do you, do you find listening to music or anything like that in the dressing room, would you be someone to listen to music and that to help keep you focused or get in the zone? Um, nah, I'd, well, I'd have my headphones on, I suppose, but I'm, I'm too much of a shit talker to be honest yeah i'd be flying around the place like talking to everyone like my trainer kills me for it. like he's like never relax Let's go to sleep there for a while and i'm like up like starting conversations with people like it's like that's how i cope in a fight you know that's how i kind of get in the zone just by chatting to people and not sitting there like listening to music thinking about it because i i only doubt myself even more if i do that like yeah, that distraction. I think it's mad like that. Yeah, you just see some people like that, like you, like or like you. They they'll 
they'll talk around to keep themselves occupied distracted other people can nearly go to sleep because sleeping is distracting like if i'm sleeping i'm not thinking about it there's a, like you know everybody has their own thing that gets them gets them ready and keeps them calm i'd be afraid to go to sleep and then wake up and be like nah i'm not doing <laughs> this that's part of, i would be afraid to get up <laughs> i'd want to stay in, i'd want to stay asleep like, i don't know i've never tried to go to sleep before if i to be honest yeah, I I wouldn't be like a couple of hours. See the way it is, like they they could call your division and go like, oh, the senior male minus fifty seven are on come are starting on this ring, and I'd be afraid I'd be asleep and miss that. So it's like I, I like to be somebody like like in just in the gear. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of ready to go. It's like yeah, n- not doing a whole lot. I'm just be floating, yeah, floating about. But if they if they call you to go in the next two minutes, would you be ready to go? Or, yeah, like, I could just grab my shit and go. But uh, yeah, I would be. I'd be afraid. I'd be like, you'd be afraid to sleep, like. <laughs> especially like. I like when there's loads of people in the dressing room as well. You know, like especially like if we're fighting a Neptune, like we all the lads from the gym will be there, so it's a good crack in the gym. Like people are being slagged, so you don't actually think about the fight till it's time to go in. Especially when you're fighting home, you know, at the home shows, like if you're in the dressing room with all the lads, because there's always someone in the gym fighting before, yeah. So like. They're coming in. If they won, you're like, oh, well done. And then it's like everybody's happy. So you want to keep that momentum high. Even yeah. if someone loses, like everyone comes in and when someone loses from the gym, like, well, oh, it's still there for each other too, you know. There's still the crap, like everyone's spirit's still, still high. But if you're not there and there's no atmosphere in the dressing room, like, and you're just thinking about the fight, like it, it gets hard. It's going to be hard if you have to make, be confident in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The more you think about it, definitely the more the more chance you have of the doubts starting to creep in. If you just think, like, if you just distract yourself from thinking about the fight at all, then the bad thoughts can't get in. Like you know, the, the negative thoughts can't get in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of that. That's great. Like it's it's, it's cool. Like that you, you have like your own dressing room for the gym. Like I remember, like sometimes for taekwondo, especially at the like, international, like, you have like a warm up area, so you could be warming up next to the guys you're going to fight. I always find like that's an interesting. There's a buzz to that as well. Like, like you're everybody's warming up like in a, a small little space close to each other, and you kind of see that you can tell a little bit like the the guys who are the guys who are breaking it sometimes, you know. Uh, and I I like to go out there sometimes, yeah. even the days I'm not competing, and you see the ones who are you see the ones who are pumped, you see the ones who are breaking it, you see the ones who are like they're nearly putting in a training session because they're trying to they're doubting themselves and they're trying to make up for how they were training. Yeah. They're trying to make up for it in the warm up. It's like if I warm up so hard and hit the pad, like I'm going to be ready, but it's like well, you know. That doesn't make a difference. They're all there doing like 50 push-ups and like 50 sit-ups and stuff. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a workout. Like, it's like, oh, you just want to be warm. Like... I've, I've seen them myself. I've seen people do it as well. I've seen people get... I've seen people actually burn themselves out like before they go in. Yeah. But and you just know like what it is when you see it because you're just like you're just doubting yourself there. You just want to get the biggest. What if I'm so warmed up, I'm going to be so ready to go? But it's probably doing more harm than good, really, to your performance. Yeah, you're definitely you're burning your energy like definitely. If you're if you're over there and you're doing like a big warm up, say twenty months before your fight, you're going to be trying to catch your second wind for the fight. It's all right. To, I do a bit of shadow boxing, maybe hitting a small bit of pads or something, but doing like big savage workouts before fights is stupid like I don't know maybe there's a there's a method behind it like I don't know wouldn't be one for me yeah I wouldn't be like yeah I wouldn't be one for a big warm up just 
once I start feeling that little sweat, it's like, right, we're, we're good to go now. Yeah, definitely. Once you feel a bit loose and stretched out, like, um, I think you're, once you're stretched out and warmed up, you're definitely ready to go. Like, you don't have to do a workout to, to prepare yourself for the fight. Like. Your training should have made up for, for the fight. And your, your whole training camp should make up for that moment, like, you know? Yeah. So, like, then, um, you were saying, like, maybe October, like, what, when, is that when shows are kind of talking about coming back, like, winter? I know, um, there's a show in Belfast, uh, I'm not sure what date, but there's a show in Belfast, so it's good to see that, that's one show announced, and um, I know my trainer, Martin Horgan, has a show planned for October as well, but then again, this just comes down to COVID-19, really, doesn't it? Like, on, like how big a groups we can have in places, so it's really, we're all, we all have our fingers crossed, don't we? So until guidelines are put in place and stuff, we can't really make any, there can't be any shows going ahead, I suppose. Yes, that's, like, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think they'll be behind kind of closed doors or what, what do you think would happen for, for those shows? Uh, I... I don't know. I can't. I can't really say on it because it'd be hard to do a fight behind closed doors. You know, you need the atmosphere from the crowd. You need the support. You need the cheering. You need that, like ringing in your ear. Like I think it'd be hard to do that with nobody in a room. Yeah. Even that though, the financial like side of trying to run a, a, a show with no crowd, I don't think it's kind of. I don't think that'd be really too viable, possible. would it? It'd be very hard, like especially for like. Somebody like the local shows like that because local shows depend mm. on the crowd and the audience to come, like you know. So, like, we generally supply, we support, we, or we rely on ticket sales and stuff, you know, like because Time Boxing doesn't have big, huge TV contracts and stuff like this. So, all the Time Boxing shows in Ireland they rely on ticket sales, so it has to be like we need the crowd, you know, you need the crowd in certain events, same with like MMA shows. and probably boxing then certain boxing shows and stuff like and probably like to, to tackle no events like you probably need some sort of they like, do have spectators too wouldn't you like would they be a left in and would you feel comfortable yeah. with those spectators you know yeah see, see most of us are like it's like a day competition you'd have three or four fights on the day it's more of a competition format than fight night but but still like to run those tournaments like we need people to enter the tournaments and people at the yeah. moment mightn't enter you know what i mean because they're going well because so many people are in one hall at the same time, people can might turn around and go, well, I don't want to be in a crowd with 500, 800 people, so I'm not going to enter the tournament, I'm going to stay at home. And then, obviously... Yeah, like people that, are going to be cautious about it. Like, yeah. People are going to be very cautious about going to big venues uh, with big crowds, especially with, like concerts and stuff as well. Like, so that's just going to the individual as well, if they're, going to, if they're committed to going to shows as well. Again government have to make the guidelines really like we can't uh we can't really promise people anything yeah i suppose you can only really try and prepare that you're maybe going to be fighting to like keep it like prepare as if there's going to be shows and going to be fights but who knows well, like i know be. it's good to see like ufc and uh one championship they're still doing shows like that just shows like they're pushing it you know they are they're, they're helping right like one championship have shows coming back in Thailand in I think it's next week on the thirty first and they have a big show in Bangkok like so that's a that's a it's a first step I suppose 
in the right direction for more shows. So like if that'll be that that will be a success, that show, and then that'll just show like how they'll be at the plan every other show then eventually after the first one, you know? Yeah. And I think then shows will be able to follow that guideline from them shows. Yeah. Definitely. But do you th- now do you think like I know like obviously one championship or a would you consider maybe fighting in something like uh, Glory Kickboxing? Obviously, the rule set's a little bit different, but would you would you consider fighting in something like that? Um, I wouldn't shy away from it. I have done one or two K one fights over time. Like I fought one or two. Like I fought Tension K one. Like that wasn't even a tie rules. That was K one. I fought um what Jamie Whelan K one. I've done a couple of K one fights, so I wouldn't be it wouldn't be too far out of my comfort zone. So I wouldn't say no to it, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not, it's not too much different. Obviously, it's not, it's, it's kickboxing, but it's a, it's another just was decent size pace. promotion. It's just a faster paced fight. It's a faster paced fight, and I suppose you're, there's no clinch as such. And again, taking away the elbows from people who are used to throwing elbows is, that's a big advantage for the opposition too. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the pace of the fight because I was thought like that. I was when I was talking to Craig Coakley and it's like you see a lot of the ties they they take the first cut like the first round off and the last round off and they fight in the middle like it's like that's where the fight the fight is won and lost is in those middle rounds and it's like the first one's feeling out the second one is the last one is don't get hurt because we want to fight again next week and the middle rounds is where it's won. Yes, yeah, so I always try to explain like to my friends because they don't really know a tie boxing at all like as much but they'd know UFC and stuff like that where UFC is like guys rushing in and getting bashed up and taking fellas to the floor like where Thai boxing is it's five rounds and in Thailand the elite Thais are so good at like point scoring and picking shots so like take me out of the question and if you watch like someone like Sanchez level like the Thais like that or Liam Harrison or Jordan Watson and them like they're the some of the best fighters in the world. And when you watch them fight and being able to like score big points and fights and make it look so good over five rounds without it being like a scrappy fight, that's why Thai boxing stands aside from like MMA and boxing and stuff. Because it's it's beautiful to watch if you watch the elites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way, like it's the way like the ties are so good at it, like the timing for stuff. I always put on like some of the tie fights on my on YouTube and stuff just to watch them, like and show my friends like the highlights and stuff, like all the knockouts, spinning elbows and shit, shit like that. Because they don't, you don't really see that stuff in MMA and stuff. So it'd be nice to like, see tie boxing get that publicity, like for what it truly is. Maybe I'm biased too that. I just love fighting, stand up fighting. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely like. I do like it's. I do like it. I I enjoy sometimes going onto YouTube and watching some of the the the, the, the toy stuff. Um, it can be, but I think sometimes I can be a bit. I like someone like myself, like who isn't maybe necessarily in it. I think some people maybe might be the same. Is that when you see some of the clinch work, you don't maybe necessarily fully understand what you're watching. Whereas I think you know someone who maybe like that who's involved in it and. It maybe trains and that like it can understand what's happening in the clinch and who's winning and and that type of stuff. Yeah, that's it. Like when we go to like me and the lads in the gym go to shows around the country and we see uh like 
because we'd have an idea of how to score fights and like judge fights and stuff. So like we're watching it from like a fan's perspective. We're like, oh, that's, that's a big score. Like we're cheering on, like even though like it mightn't be someone in our gym, if they land a big score, we're like, oh, that's a big score. Like because we're programmed, we know how it works. But we're like someone who just goes, just wants to see two guys thumping the head off each other for five rounds. You know, that's just the way they look at it. So to anybody who actually knows about Thai boxing, they real they they understand how the form and how, how good it is, you know, to watch and the interest in it. Like. Yeah, yeah, that always helps if you if you know what you're looking at. Like, so it's the same with any sport. I mean, you know what you're looking at. Like, it makes it a bit much more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I suppose just before we finish up, really, um, I ask kind of everybody if you had to pick a, f- a favorite fighter. Who would you pick? Doesn't necessarily have to be a, a Thai fighter. It could be, I suppose, a boxer. It could be an MMA fighter. It could be any any fighter in any sport. But if you had to pick a favorite, who would you pick? Parnsonia Sit Manchai. Yeah. All time, my all time favorite fighter would be Parnsonia Sit Manchai, probably. Thai boxing wise. Boxing, Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> Nice, yeah, very good. He he hasn't been said yet, but definitely a, a solid a solid choice. I was only watching some of his highlights about two weeks ago, and uh, he was unbelievable. He was brilliant. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yeah. what a, one of the greatest boxers of all time, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes gets for I think forgotten about, especially when I think sometimes you know when people say like oh. Floyd Mayweather was the best boxer since Sugar Ray Leonard. I often kind of go, well, what about Roy Jones Jr. in there in the middle? It's like, he was unbelievable. Yeah. He was, he, he loved the fight. <laughs> he, he loved the fight. Like, all his fights were exciting. So that's, that's why he was good to watch. And he was an entertainer as well. Like, so he had everything. He was a package. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a solid choice there. Like I said, you're the first person to say him. So that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Um, anytime I say that, like, people are like, what? I'm like, yeah. That's my that that'll be my choice of boxer, like. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So I think we'll leave it there. We'll wrap it up. It's uh, thanks a million for coming on. Really appreciate it. I've uh, enjoyed the chat. Ah, uh, Jesus, it's been a pleasure, man. Jesus, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, and I like all the best. Hopefully, you will get to fight in October, and you'll get out sometime this year. We all get back to business and get back to doing what we do now. And I suppose have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll say a prayer. Yeah. So take care, man. All the best. All the best. Thank you. Cheers.